All the latest news, views and reaction to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. It is 442FM time. I am your host, Adam Jackson. So we're with me to talk FFA Cup, A-League and, uh, and yeah, maybe some uh, interesting decisions from the FFA. Kevin Ed. Hello. And Tom Stelzer. How's it going? Right, we've, we've got no Con Stamacostas today. He is on. Is, it, what is he on? Uh, Garden League. He's been rested. Rested, rested, yeah. rested. He's rested. Um, so, but don't you despair. He will be back next week. Right. So there was a there was a tasty encounter between Victory and City last night. Um, it was it was fiery. To, to, to say the least uh, and it was a second derby win in 10 days for Melbourne City to secure their first grand final for the club 6-1 on aggregate to City that's an absolute thrashing over two legs and victory threw everything at them including boots to, uh, to try and stop it um, that was as I said on Twitter that was a performance typical of a team coach by Kevin Musket uh, Exactly as you would expect them to play, and they did the same performance as they did against Adelaide as well. Just really full-blooded tackles, flying in from every angle, uh, not very pretty at all, and really, really ineffective up front. Mm. Um, victory. I don't know what's happened to them, but they've lost the plot. Yeah, I, it was. A, if we if we're going to talk kind of final third. Um, Bazanic, after getting a bit of stick the week before, I thought he played pretty well against um, against Adelaide, and then he was dropped for this game, and it just they just looked so kind of weak in that playmaker role, and and it ended the, the amount of times the ball landed to Broxham on the edge of the box, and almost and the the pitch kind of opened up a little bit for him, and it just he just couldn't find the pass. You know that's not his game. That's not that's not what he should be there to be doing. He's there to wrestle Tim Cahill to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he's not there to play insightful uh, through balls. Um, is that a mistake? Not not starting Bazanich. You know, he's not been brilliant so far this season. But I think it's you know the difference between the sides and in the the derby in the A League as well. That it's night and day. That City, you know, attacking they look really good, and victory just look a bit listless. They don't look like they have all that much to offer. Mm. And I think you know last night it looked like you know victory were there to to take the game physically to City because I don't think I think they know they can't compete attackingly they, they don't have the firepower mm. or at least it's you know it's not performing the way it was perhaps in the first half of last season it is I think it is purely the midfield that's missing I mean there were steel at the back uh, far too much steel at the back in defensive midfield mm. and when Marco Rojas picked up the ball and came back deep to get it and ran with it Again, the, the, there was flashes of, you know, they looked a, a, like they could be dangerous. Uh, Bazanis made, made it more hard for himself than he uh, needed to a lot of the time. But, uh, you know, Rojas and Berisha is an effective attack. But there was just that no, nothing in the hole. Mm. There was nobody playing that pickup role where, you know, they were going to create something. Uh, and it just meant that Berisha and Rojas were pretty much anonymous for most of the game. Uh, apart from when they came back and dug deep themselves, uh, so I, um, yeah, I think they've got big, big problems. I don't know if Bazanic is the pr- the the answer though. That's the problem. Yeah, well, he, he played pretty well um, in the Adelaide game at the weekend, and I don't know after after getting pelted. Uh, some could say pelted after the the last derby game where it was what, what, what did he complete five passes out of eight. And you know, and for for a num- if you are putting your ne- your name in the hat to play number ten, then you know that that's not good. Yeah. Um, but that said, you know, he really upped his game, and and a lot of a lot of the better attacking play that Victory played against Adelaide at the weekend came came through him. So, and but you know, you talk of players that are that, are, that have gone missing, Cal Faller. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, living off his reputation. From Shadow two, was two a seasons player. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think even last season failed to convince yeah. quite a lot of the time and I think mm. you know obviously with the players they've lost and Barisha you know only maybe coming into form at the weekend that it's just yeah he's just he needs to kind of be showing a lot more now he can't hide and he just hasn't been doing it yeah I think there was a growing uh, voice for 
more of the young players to get a, a shot with victory this morning. I think in the wake mm. of that, uh, players like Pasquale uh, getting a, a much better uh, opportunity to shine. And to be fair, you can't see any reason not to because Kofala especially has just disappeared. Uh, he's you know, uh, I remember two seasons ago uh, he looked like he was a star signing for victory, and since then nothing at all. Yeah, I think he, he did. He got marquee status. Um, last year, uh, or just a, a seriously increased deal um, because um, Perth came in for him, didn't they? Yeah, and that's then right. and Victory ended up keeping him. I think I think they must have just upped his wage. No, I don't think. Do you know? What? I, I, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, he, he definitely Perth dodged got, a bullet. Definitely, yeah, pr- yeah probably. Um, if we let's just maybe keep on uh, just just to go back to the Bazanic thing as well. I mean, mm. it, it's fair enough saying. He didn't step up, but I don't think he's ever been a number ten. That's that's the biggest problem. I think he's more of a number eight, uh, and they don't have a number ten at the moment yeah. uh, to to play in that role, or that's well, getting a start at least anyway. Uh, or or fit with Troisi, obviously yeah. would would come in and, and hopefully fill that gap. Yeah. Well, fill that gap exactly as a number ten. So yeah. so maybe it's just a case of uh, of waiting for him to come back and and, and almost try, maybe try to rush him through a little bit because. Yeah, they're, I, I, I they're would, in need. I desperate. hope Victory don't stick with this physical aspect of the game, though. And to be honest, you know, uh, Musket's comments about them uh, City rolling around the ground—I really thought that was disingenuous. Mm. Uh, you know, they were rolling the ground around the ground because of the bloody tackles that his players were putting in. Uh, Cahill was no angel, certainly taking down two players at eight, <laughs> one point. A, a classic rugby league <laughs> chicken wing tackle. Yeah. Uh, first time I've seen a player bring down two by themselves who were both taller than him. Um, spectacular effort, but the rest of the time, you know, they were on the ground because uh, Victory had put them there. Uh, it's been pretty ugly for two games in a row from Victory uh, in that regard, and I really don't want to see any more of that. Musket just got cited for that just before we came on air uh, for his comments, and I think, you know, if what. Um, Kenny loaded at the weekend uh, pales by comparison. So. Yeah, um, I, I did like when uh, when Muskie was uh, in, being interviewed on the pitch, and the first question was obviously about the physicality of the game. And uh, and in true Muskie, he, he had that you know, um, scowl on his face, and he was like, "I don't think it was a particularly um, physical game at all." <laughs> well, I mean, from his perspective, you know, his last act was to break somebody's leg and put them out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and get banned for eight weeks or something. So you know, f- and from that perspective, no, it wasn't very physical at no, all. No, it wasn't. Nobody died. Yeah. So. Um, uh, quick positive. I thought Jujeski had a great game um, for victory. You know, talking about a lack of creativity, it seemed like anything that was good came from him down down the left hand side. Uh, I, I just, I think, and actually, some of the better play was when. Um, Rojas came over and played on the left with him, um, so I think that could be. That, there's some positive signs there for uh, for victory, um, if those two maybe link up a little bit more. Um, City, so they were just they were they, they were really hard to play against, and uh, and I will I will um, say that like a, a big win, a big part of uh, aspect of their win was their pressing from the front, and we spoke about this last week about Fornaroli now the captain leading from the front, but. It's really hard to play that uh, that tactic, and you need all your front three working in unison. And, and I think maybe that's maybe why they've gone with um, Fornaroli as the captain. So almost because if if you're pressing as a three against their back four, then all it takes is for one player to be slightly out of position, and that whole pressing you're you're running, you're you're busting a gut to try and make up that room. And then you just need a, an insightful pass out, and it, and it was really hard. And Victory couldn't find it last night, and they couldn't build the build the momentum from it. Um, which I thought the, the, I mean, goes back to as well the fitness levels. I thought of uh, City, they are lean and mean, with the exception of Luke Bratton, as Mark Rudin pointed out after the match. <laughs> Very pointedly, could lose a few kilos. He said. Um, uh, <laughs> Maybe a bit trimmer, which I think is probably just a lot of relaxed muscle there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, <laughs> if you look at Cahill, he is, I, honestly, for a man who's been fit all his career, he's, I don't think he's ever looked fitter than he does at yeah. the moment. 
Uh, he is very lean. I mean, Bruno Fonroli is just such a, a power of strength in such a small package. Mm. Uh, and again, lean and mean, fit, running his heart out, coming back deep to pick up the ball and start pressing and everything else. Well, uh, I think, yeah, he's, he's leading from the front in every sense of the word. That, you know, he's leading the line in attack and defence. He's the first line of defence there. And as captain, he's setting the tone for what he expects from the rest of the team. Yeah, and what happens behind him. Yeah. Exactly. The yeah. hunger, though, of City is something that is very special and mm. I think really is a new thing for City. City were playing well last year yep. and they had a lot of talent uh, going well, but they didn't seem to have that steel and hunger that they seem to have got this time. And I think Con- Cahill's brought that in, mm. brought in that attitude. And, you know, that chicken wing tackle was part of that, just laying down the law that don't be afraid, we're not going uh, to step back from these guys mm. and it's not going to just be talent that... Uh, wins is this, we're going to be as strong as them, and I think it's, it's sensational, I think Bratton has really stepped up again uh, he always looked the goods at Brisbane Roar uh, but he really seems to be filling that space that Moy left behind mm. very, very well, much better than I was expecting Yeah, you know, and, and you can see that, you know, he's taking all the corners he's taking free kicks, he's the, the, making the kind of cross-field passes um, I'm excited to see more of Breton. Yeah. Uh, th- I'm impressed that he manages to do all that and write musicals like Matilda as well. <laughs> and doesn't say anything. If you saw his uh, post-match, he would. I think he, he averaged about four words per answer. And um, and and, uh, and I can't remember who the the fox. Um, it was just like, can you, come on, give me a little bit more, <laughs> just just a little bit more. And he was just asking question, like one sentence answer. Question. It's just like, oh, come on, come on, mate, come on. I was um, a but, pony having his own worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but uh, um, the the hunger. I, 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 there was one point where Brandan chased the ball down in the probably 80th minute and put a sliding tackle out for a, a, out for a, a, a throw in, and and that's it. That, you know, that's the hunger. This is like 80 minutes, 10 minutes. You two nil up, and and you're still chasing that ball down and, yeah. and putting in a last ditch tackle, if you if you will. Um, but then he did. He did also lie on the floor for about five minutes and and held, held his knee. So um, yeah, yeah, rough with the smooth. I, suppose. I, I I would love to say kind things about Brandon, but until he gets rid of that rat's tail, I yeah. just find it very hard, very hard. Trying to appeal to uh, uh, different parts of Australian subculture. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it would go down well in Adelaide. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, Tim. Afterwards, he came out and said, uh, uh, when, when he was asked about his um, altercation with uh, with Kevin Musket, um, victory changed their game to be more physical. Do you, do you think? Do you think that's? Uh, I, I, well, I, I know you, you mentioned that before, but do you think they were more physical in this than they were against Adelaide? Not necessarily. I think they've they've set that tone this season. They've obviously, but it feels almost like a reflex that when their team's not performing well, it's something that. You know, musket and victory go back to as a kind of. I, uh, to be honest, I think it, I don't. I think what Cahill was meaning was he ch- they changed the game from the derby ten days ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in the wake of a four 0 thrashing, if I was Kevin Musket, I'd be saying, right, hmm. let's clamp down on defence. Let's not give them an inch, uh, and we'll try and sneak a win as they did with Adelaide. Um, so I think that's where it's coming from uh, from Cahill. But they have ramped up. The physicality to the point of violence, uh, especially Lee Broxon, and there that was just some wild studs up tackles going on, uh, and you know that's twice, and Western Sydney Wanderers doing exactly the same as well. Mm. We're, we're going in a bit of a worrying direction for clubs that are finding themselves on the back foot at the beginning of the season, resorting to sheer violence uh, to to try and preserve. Their, uh, their back line and you know I, I don't think that's the direction we should be going in I, I will say at one point I, I was laughing all these tackles flying in and um, and Paolo Retre put in a tackle on Manny Musket <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it, was, it was a late tackle on his own player <laughs> and it was just like oh Jesus it was right, the Mayhem Derby <laughs> yeah. can everyone just calm down <laughs> can everyone just stop getting shot uh, we haven't even begun talking about the goal yet Do you, of course Jesus, <laughs> 15 minutes in. and um, I have to say, I thought it was a cracking strike the first time I saw it and thought, that's a 
blockbuster yeah. and couldn't believe, couldn't understand for a second why anybody would stop the game and mm. why there was any doubt about it. But on the replay, Linksman had a point. Uh, yeah, I think, I think you made the right decision. Shouldn't have been a goal. I, uh, well, it shouldn't have been a goal. It shouldn't have been a goal. I, I, I kind of, I can see why the linesman flagged it because it was technically offside, yeah. and it was up to the referee to then make the decision as to whether or not it was impeding. And I think if there hadn't been anybody else on the pitch, then yes, he probably was impeding. But there was three other people between Bratton and Thomas, mm. as well as Cahill, who were right in that line of sight. So whether a he actually got in the way I don't think it actually matters because there was two or three other people that were in the I way I don't think well. he necessarily would have saved it even if he wasn't there but I think you know by the laws of the game the fact that he had to kind of duck out of the way of the ball yeah. but he was 10 metres away from the keeper though yeah but I think it's still you know in those moments it's the split seconds that can put a keeper off that uh, yeah, yeah. I, again I don't necessarily think it was going to be saved but I think you have to you have to flag it. You have to. Call but it was it. such a good goal. You just got to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ref just loves football. But he came out and justified his decision afterwards and and said uh, the linesman flagged to say that Tim Kerr was in, uh, in an offside position. I it was then my call to w- whether or not it just it um, Cahill's positioning was impeding the keeper or his vision, and and I made the call that it wasn't, which. I don't know. I, I've, I've watched it from all different angles, and uh, and now I, th- I, don't, I think it shouldn't have been a goal. I, I think it could have gone either way, and I think there's good, strong arguments for both sides. In the interest of uh, the beautiful game and football, I think giving the goal was probably for the best, better. Yeah, personally. And uh, what about Barisha's sitter as well? Yeah, you, you, you put your you put oh, your house yeah. on that. Jeez, I mean seriously. Yeah, especially because he had. Obviously, quite a good game against Adelaide at the weekend. And it looked like he turned a corner. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was about to have to eat my words about saying Borussia was a <laughs> busted flush again, and then he goes and proves me right. But that the goal that he scored against Adelaide was was pretty similar to the chance that he had there. And then he tried to put it in with his with his left foot instead of kind of pulling it back and just picking his spot with ease. So, uh, Going back mm, again also to the referee, what amazed me most about that first half was it was a fast, furious mayhem, tackles flying everywhere. By the end of 45 minutes, there was only one booking. Yeah. One booking. Yeah. You've, you've had games where, you know, I was actually genuinely searching the betting sites to see what the, the red card odds were because mm. I was convinced somebody was going to get sent off. Uh, yeah, and and wasn't, wasn't well, it wasn't. Well, he has prior. Wasn't. He refed the. Wanderers Adelaide game didn't he and mm. obviously yeah. didn't send off Clisby or Sandalad yeah, I, mean, I think he's I, I am all in favour of you know referees using the, the voice and the personality to uh, put their authority onto matches but mm. still that was just ridiculous ridiculous out of control so the final 30th of November at Amy Park decision very quickly reached after I don't think even the seagulls had left the ground by the time that uh, the FFA had announced that it was going to be the the, uh, the venue. I think we should have the reason they gave Amy Park was it was a good venue designed for that kind of competition, yep. and I think there's a lot of merit to that that it is very much a football specific type stadium. What I think we should do is make it the regular home, so we take that out of the equation, that no matter who or what. Uh, is uh, the uh, the um, the finalists? Mm. It's always going to be played at Amy Park, or we set another venue, perhaps the new Pertec Parramatta Stadium, yep. uh, or even throw out there NIB, a good traditional uh, football stadium. Um, but I think probably Amy Park or New Parramatta would be the best. Mm. Um, I think we need to end this debate and favoritism, and stop pandering to TV's desires over anybody else's fans' desires. There's going to be a lot of unhappy Sydney fans, and you're going to have, at the very least, a smaller crowd for the final than you did for the semi-final. It's madness. Absolute madness. I think especially, you know, it's still in its early days as a competition, that I think going for the biggest crowds possible almost in the final is a, a decent idea, regardless of what TV figures you're looking at. I think, you know, there's no reason Sydney would get a bigger crowd than City would to the final. It's just a, a matter of fact. Mm. And 
it just seems yeah that there's there's a vested interest here in the you know the decision they've made, and it there's no consistency to the decision that's getting made. It's just whatever they think you know what they think is in their best interests at the time each season. Well, it's an, it's an interesting decision because the FFA would benefit they would they would get a bigger crowd in Sydney. That's the bottom line. Uh, so the FFA, would, who takes the uh, the gate money, would get more money from hosting it in Sydney. Um, but the TV figures would be down. Uh, when it's in Melbourne, the Sydney traditionally brings a much higher TV audience. So the TV audience will be higher, but the gates will be down. So mm. um, there's only one conclusion you can draw from that, really. I- I, I understand that the TV audience last night was was pretty underwhelming as well. Was it? I haven't yeah. seen the figures actually. Yeah. So, uh, which which I'm surprised me. actually for yeah. Derby. Hey, I feel like it almost. There was thirteen thousand there at, at the stadium. Fifteen thousand. Yeah. Fifteen. Fifteen nine one or something. Okay. Nine, one, All right. I think Australians just don't. We don't have a culture of midweek sport. It's really. something that you know Fox mm. Sports is determined to try and make a thing midweek football, but. Really, it's just not popular. Uh, we've seen it in the the Champions League, and we, you know, we will get a reasonable crowd to the FFA Cup lower rounds. But mm. uh, other than that, we've got a lot of things on. There's yeah. a lot happening. It's not like the UK where the alternative is going to the pub midweek. That's when everyone does all their best Tinder dates, doesn't it? On a midweek. Is it? I don't know. Um, so the next derby we've got 17th of December I think that'll uh, allow some bruises to heal is that Uh, the next one is it 17th of December Melbourne derby or Sydney uh, Melbourne derby sorry yeah Yeah. Um, we've now got of course the uh, Melbourne City Sydney on November the 30th and then Melbourne City versus Sydney on December the 9th as well 10 days later like going from Amy Park to ANZ. ANZ. So two stadiums that will only be partially full. For the <laughs> yeah. uh, do, do you think City have got this? Um, I feel like they're going. They're going favourites, aren't they? I, I would imagine. I don't know. Sydney are on a roll. I mean, this is the other thing as well. Sydney are winning for once in their life. Sydney mm. have started the season like a train. Yeah. Uh, haven't conceded a goal. Scoring freely. Uh, the momentum they would have had if they can keep this up by the time it gets to November the 30th I genuinely think they probably would have been close to selling out uh, you know well maybe not selling out Allianz but uh, Mm. putting in 20 to 30 if they were still winning in the same (coughs) fashion Sydney loves winners Um, so you know they would have got a big crowd but Sydney if they can maintain the momentum they've got it's going to be a cracking clash at the very least I think I mean at the end of the day, obviously, I'm a Sydney fan, but hopefully, it's just a good final and it's you know played in a perhaps a different spirit to the one last night. But mm. I think you know, hopefully, by that stage, they're the two informed teams scoring the most goals in the A League, and I hope that you know that converts over to the FFA Cup final because mm. we might have a you know quite a good game on our hands. Would you like to see Tim Cale lift lift a trophy? So um, did a little bit of research to find out um, his cup finals. And he's been a runner-up in four cup finals. FA Cup in 2014, um, the Football League Trophy in 99, both with Millwall, the 2009 FA Cup with Everton, and the Chinese FA Cup in 2015. Always a bridesmaid. Never a winner's medal. No. That's an interesting yeah, I think, stat. I think he won like a, a Supporters' Shield or something, which was in the MLS with um, in MLS with uh, Red Bulls. Yeah, but, um, Red Bulls. Red balls, <laughs> blue balls. Well, I'm, um, I'm yeah. sure he's come to Australia with the intention to win things. I'm sure he'd love to in his, you know, debut season, playing in the A League. That I think he expects a trophy at least. The momentum has changed with Melbourne City. I mean, I really do sense they are on the verge of actually establishing an identity and a bigger, wider following uh, of new fans, bringing new fans to the game, which is exactly what the FFA intended. Yeah. Um, but the plan is actually working this time. You know, we've seen Del Piero come in and be landed with a side that was just hopeless uh, and underutilised properly uh, and never actually capitalised on the, 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 the momentum that his presence brought. Whereas with City, this time, the rest of the team is up to it. 
John Van Skips so far has been proven up to as well, uh, and it does feel like the game is changing in Melbourne. Is is City's whole team up to it? Um, I've got Andy Keogh has three reasons why uh, why then the defence isn't from from last week. I, st- I think it's going to be improving though. I mean, I, I, even between last week and this week, I could see a difference in City's defence. Uh, they tightened up. Mm. Uh, they didn't look anything like as frail as they did against Perth. I mean, the, the City cringe that uh, every time it came into the box just didn't seem to be happening at no. all this time. Well, it didn't really go into the box very often. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Dean Bazanis, though, uh, is my main concern mm. for City. Uh, you know, twice he almost gave away goals yeah. uh, last night alone in the first 15 the minutes. First yeah. uh, I think the, you know how they played against Perth there, I think it's it kind of exposed the potential soft centre they still have, the mistakes they have in them. I think you make a case that every one of Perth's goals came from a mistake of sorts. The second two definitely did. Yep. Bazanis and uh, was it Josh Rose heading it Josh twice Rose. out to oh, no yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first was obviously a really well worked free kick. First was good. Yeah, but but know, static defence. Yeah, they like, again, I think the, the, the issue with Josh Rose's header was there wasn't that command, that leadership yeah. coming from Bazanis. Yeah. Uh, and I think whatever the issue is with Sorensen, Van Skip needs to either get him fit or get over any personality problems there are and get him back in goals they, they need that experience and Bazanis may be a talent for the future but he's a backup at the moment yeah. I, I, I was interested by the uh, Kenny Lowe's comment after the Perth game was that Liam's biggest problem was whether his cigar went out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely loved it um, <laughs> but I'm not sure if it was actually true um, City had 17 shots Fair enough. That there was there was only six of them on, on on target, but it wasn't like it was, you know, he was sat back chilling out, and he also conceded two goals. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was funny. Uh, I, I did like that comment. I, I mean, Kenny Lowe is such great value all the time, and the amount of shit he got last weekend, I really don't think he deserved it at all. I, I especially thought Fox Sports were really harsh on him. We want characters in the mm. A League. We want personalities. Kenny Lowe may have stormed onto the pitch which is not necessarily a good thing but he was just trying to get the players away from the referee Uh, and then the referee opened up on him and he just returned fire Um, if it's good enough for Marcello Lippi it's good enough for uh, Kenny Lowe I reckon (laughs) yes Um, so Perth unbeaten one of only three teams that have uh, started the season unbeaten, and um, and that was a pretty big scalp, I thought, from uh, from City, who sixty seven sixty three percent of the possession City in that um, in that game on Friday last week, and, um, and and still couldn't still couldn't get the win. So um, yeah, exciting times ahead for Perth, I think. I think you know I think I said before the season started, I expected City Perth Melbourne victory. I think it sounded like I said Melbourne victory, but I actually yeah. said Sydney, Sydney FC. Sydney, yeah, are the three that are going to be battling it out for the end. Uh, and I'm still happy with that. Mm. Right, and uh, Brisbane and Mariners um, played out a pretty drab one one nil uh, result for for Brisbane. Which Jesus, I'm, I'm sure they would take that. That was one of the would've... worst games of football I have ever seen in the other league, and we've seen some draws. These are two sides that are just so far off the pace. It's not true. I don't know what's happened to Brisbane Roar. Uh, the shadow of the side they were Jamie McLaren how did he get 20 goals last season and mm. doesn't look anything like he's going to he's not even close to getting off the mark I don't understand why why players do this so often like we, you know we talked about Cal Feller who mm. had an unbelievable single season and then has just not been able to to recreate Bring the form yeah. McLaren you know there's, there's quite McLaren a lot of was just four months ago yeah number three in our top 50 Aussies yeah and deservedly so, without any doubt whatsoever. Honestly, I mean... And he looked like he was just going to go on to bigger and better yeah. things this season. I think... <coughs> the whole side has just fallen apart. Yeah, and I Everything. think the, the off-field stuff hasn't helped. I don't... You know, the club mm. is under a bit of a cloud, obviously. <laughs> but they were the whole of last season as well. You know, uh, this is not anything new for them. Uh, I mean, Tommy Orr is actually looking not bad. Uh, it's good to see him getting some decent time on pitch. Yeah. But, frankly, the rest of the side... Jeez, I mean, they've got a good team there. Yeah, 
they shouldn't be playing the way no, they are. No, not at all. And, you know, they are seriously battling. That was a battle for the wooden spoon, in my opinion, at the moment. It's looking that way. Um, Fabio Ferreira back for for Mariners, which was a, a, a good good sign. Good to have him back. You know, just looking at some of his, some of his stats, like twenty six passes, sixty nine percent accuracy, which is pretty high up at, amongst the rest of the team. Um, three shots. You know, it's you need that you need that sort of player back, and, and he's a big character. And, um, and hopefully, it's a shame you couldn't play him in every position because Fatty is is looking worse and worse as the week goes yeah. on. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, though, that you know, it just shows how poor Roar were that they could only win one nil, because you know, Mariners' defence just isn't at the, at the races at all. Well, yeah, that doesn't do your hundred goal prediction any any. It good, didn't, it? and I was really upset about that. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm still convinced they'll get a six or seven nil thrashing at some stage, which will bring the average back up again. I think it's easy to feel sorry for Mariners, though, especially with their their goalkeeping situation. I think Izu hardly covered himself in glory on the weekend, and. You know, before that, Chesky, I think, you know, he mm-hmm. hasn't had the greatest start either. They've traded, you know, a hapless goalkeeping performance for a, another one, really. I think he's made the odd good save, but the goal he should have done a lot better with. Yeah, is it, uh, yeah, you're right. Izzo did make a good save kind of late on with a, um, like a kind of fingertip save. It was going in towards the top corner. Uh, I think that was from McLaren, actually. Um, so, Adelaide, we, we, we kind of touched on the victory. Um, uh, uh, Aspect of um, of that performance, but they probably feel hard done by after that after that result. Oh, they, they were uh, they should have they should have won. They were oh, they were the better team, and it was a uh, but booted off the field. I mean, yeah. literally in the case of um, uh, who was the latest one to get Enrique. Enrique. Uh, I mean, no Thierry, no Enrique, uh, no Caruska. Yeah. Um, I'm all for uh, Adelaide giving everyone a head start again, like last season. But I really, they're so far away from uh, being able to compete with these with this growing injury list. Mm. It's really a, it's so ugly to see players, you know, being treated that way. And as I said earlier, I just, I don't want this to be the feature of the year. Uh, and it, it's kind of looking that way. I, I think um, Enrique is actually um, not as bad as as first thought. Um, so he, he might still six weeks though, isn't it? Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. Oh no, I thought um, I thought they said it was less. Really? Oh, maybe. No, I, must I think have it was that. just a. Uh, uh, well, fingers crossed it is anyway. Um, but who needs who needs all these um, foreign wingers when you've got Danny Choi? Well, Indeed. technically, he's, is he? Would you? He's not a citizen yet, so um, so he still may be classed as a foreigner. But um, but yeah, no, he, he came on and nearly made an impact with the first touch of the game. Yeah. Lovely, lovely first touch, and then when he and you know, great strike. I'm, I'm excited to see him. I think there's, do you reckon he's got a big future out of him. Well, yeah, it will be interesting to see how well he fares in the A League. I think obviously it's a step up from what he's used to playing, but he, you know, in the NPL was you know, quite a, a great player there. Mm. That from the little we saw against Victory, he looks like he might you know have the goods, but. It'll be interesting to see if he can, you know, maintain that kind of consistency and form over a whole A League season. Yeah, yeah. I'd be. I'm wondering if these the, these injuries in their attacking third is probably going to do him favours. Yeah. Might get him get him a bit of game time and actually give him the opportunity to bed in and mm. uh, and then when the, the other players come back, they might have a pretty decent fire fire um, force up front. Definitely. Um, yeah, uh, and Elrich again. Oh, just incredible. Doesn't score many, but when he does, uh, yeah, sensational. What a, what a goal! Yeah, a, a more came after the said after the game. He's in the presser. I like the game. Our team played fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Um, which for a team that lost two one is it's quite refreshing to hear that from a coach, really, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. But it, it, it was true. I thought they played some really good football, and and yeah, as, as you said, Elrich, Elrich's goal was. Just I wonder if Moore's just got a, a new three-piece suite from a certain furniture store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, S- subliminal deal. <laughs> <laughs> how's your uh, How's your new sofa? <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> um, Sydney, talking of uh, teams that just grabbed it late, Ninkovic with a with a late header. Um, we mentioned before Sydney the only team um, not to concede against Phoenix the only team not to score so this was uh, 
this was this, this had kind of one or two nil written all over it from the start, really, didn't it? Yeah. To yeah. be honest, I don't understand how it ended without Phoenix scoring. I thought they were. I thought Sydney first half were shocking, and Wellington seemed to have all the answers. Just commanded the game. I I don't know how they didn't score. Mm. And I think over the you know Sydney came back into the second half, and I think fought their way back. But it still wasn't a very convincing performance. And I think you know if you're if you're Wellington, you'd feel a bit hard done by there. I think they were slightly the better team over the course of ninety minutes, and I don't know how they didn't score. It is astonishing that Phoenix are below Mariners on the table. And must be a serious worry to Merrick to see that. Uh, I just I honestly would not have expected that. And I know it's we're only three rounds into the competition, but mm-hmm. even still, to have not got a single point after, as you have put in the notes, 40 shots. 40 shots. On goal without a single reward. Um, that's just astonishing. <laughs> Uh, must be quite heartbreaking if you're a Kiwi. Uh, interesting from this this round, um, there wasn't there wasn't a home win, and uh, neither was there on the on day one as well. It's actually um, the A League is exceptionally unusual in its home league rec- home win mm. record. Just twenty five percent of games end in a home win, which is exceptionally low. Uh, but we are one of the highest scoring leagues in the world at the moment. Come on. We are now in the top 50 of uh, leagues for number of goals per game. Uh, with about We were 3.55, I think, on Friday night per game. And the average for game day leagues like the EPL is about 2.8, 2 mm. So we're well above that. Yeah. Nowhere near as good as one of the Norwegian local leagues, though, which has got 5.86 goals per game. Jesus. Which reminds me of my old backyard football Yeah. Games. <laughs> it's like five a side. <laughs> um, but, yeah, well, well um, the final game of the round last weekend, uh, Wanderers left, uh, got another steal for the Jets. Um, they well, maintained their unbeaten record. The Jets, the, the, the third team to, to not have to not, not have lost a game, and um, a new skipper, Dimas, his assist and his goal put Wanderers two 0 up in the first half. Um, but but yeah, they let it go late on last ten minutes. I Boogie. Reckon, I reckon Dimas looks like he's just walked off the set of a silent movie. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, say that. Carrie, what's he called? Carrie Grant. He's got a bit of look. Or even you know Rudolph Valentino or something like that. Heavy eye makeup, and mm. thick eyebrows, dark dark features, side side parting. Um, apart from his, his look, do you think he's, t- he's taking that, that skipper role seriously? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he, he seems to have risen to the position quite well. Um, I'd be curious to know what his English is like. Um, I, gen- I genuinely yeah. don't know. No. Um, and it's always going to be difficult. It's, you know, it's like Farnaroli, really. his English isn't as bad as he thinks it is, but he's not confident with his English. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes wonder how that's going to work when you've got you know, uh, Argentinian beside you. Uh, I suppose it's less of an issue. Mm. Um, but yeah, for Dimas, fairly impressive so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of steel still to Wanderer's performance more than talent, I would say. There was a point when uh, John Bay uh, was going through. It was 2-0. He knocked the ball. He, really nice burst of speed to, to get into the box. And he, he could have gone down. Yeah, definitely. Do you think? Oh, I'm glad that he didn't. Obviously, yeah. in the spirit of the game. But I think he, if he goes down, it's probably a penalty. I think if that was 2-1 or 2-2, you know, he's hitting the deck. Mm. Or <clears> if it was 4 <laughs> he was he was on the ground. There was somebody, though. Was it Bratton or somebody who... Uh, should have got taken down, but tried his best to stay on his feet. Last night, is it? Uh, no, I think it was over the weekend. Uh, and, you know, he was flailing around trying to stay on his feet. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was, bro. It was down in the corner, I think, and then he eventually kind of went down. Yeah, but got nothing for yeah. it, nothing in reward, in return. Well, um, actually, that that sounds quite similar to the, um, the whole free kick in this game, where... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Redmayne. Redmayne. Yeah. Yeah. T- um, took him out. I d- you know, he was. Oh, yeah. yeah it was, it was this game. Yeah. That was Yeah. I would say he was at fault for the first goal. I think he, he, you know, he just came out and flapped and got nowhere near the ball. 
he shouldn't have been so far out and gave obviously away the free kick for the for the second. But I think it's quite harsh that he's been cut, blamed for the free kick. It was it was it was a great free kick that went right in the bottom corner. <laughs> yeah. He did well to get across there. I think if you because he, he gets a touch to it, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he got his hand on it. I think any keeper's going to be disappointed if they can get a touch to a you know a free kick in the bottom corner and can't keep it out. Mm. But yeah, it, it was a good free kick. I think I mean I think he kicked the post straight after it went in, so I think he obviously yeah, so know, expected more from himself. Um, I think you know we have a generation of goalkeepers at the moment in the A League, and there used to, it used to be the truism that we bred good goalkeepers. We had a, a endless supply of good goalkeepers, yeah. but what we seem to have somehow ended up with is all our backup goalkeepers in the wearing the gloves. Uh, I mean, I think Redmond is just. Sorry, but he's he's a bench keeper, yeah. and same for Joe Tyson, and the same for um, Dean Bazanis at the moment. And what? Where have all our good keepers, first team keepers, gone? We, we can't have lost them all. I mean, Matt Ryan went overseas, and Mitch Langerak went overseas, but we do seem to not be bringing through the next generation in the same way. Yeah, is that is that a myth now? You know, I, think, is I, it, I, I genuinely think yeah. it is. You know, I think we we've got. We've come to the point where these bench keepers are now the first choice. Therefore, we're not really generating the keepers we used to already. I, f- I feel like we just talk about poor keeping errors like every, every week, and yep. you know, and you could go through last weekend's games and and name you know four or five that that actually led to a goal. Not just there was a mistake and he could have done better. It, it, it's, it's led to goals. I mean, we, the below average keepers we've got at the moment is a. Uh, Burrigiti, eh, not Burrigiti, Ben Kennedy, mm. um, Redmayne. Uh, I mean, Lawrence Tom- Thomas has actually done a not bad job. I think, for, I think he's been one of the few. I think that's he's, he's one of the few that has actually stepped up into their own. I probably would have dismissed him mm. a year or two ago. Um, I think. I think the thing is that obviously at the elite level, what makes a great keeper from a okay or decent keeper is the lack of mistakes yeah. that, you know if you no, want to be in a league and yeah. that's the problem that's why they've ended up in the A-League is that they you know they might be good shot stoppers they might be good for 90% of the time but it's silly mistakes that they're you know giving away and it's costing teams points yeah. that's why they're not over in yeah. you know say the big leagues in Europe because that's you know if you're a good I team mean, you're going to you can have to make yeah. maybe one it, save a game it's and a, you need I to mean, do it is it. a very specialised position that you do need multi-skills for you've got to be good in the air you've got to be good getting down you've got to have safe hands strong hands you've got to be brave courageous to get on the feet and more uh, even more importantly these days perhaps is your distribution mm. uh, and I think that's where somebody like Danny Vukovic is playing above a bit below his level I think he's actually a better Keeper than uh, the A League. To be honest, I initially thought he would have had a career like Matt Ryan, um, mm. because I think his, his distribution is exceptional, uh, and he's got the skills to match it up as well. Um, just had the personality problems before, um, and his love of chico rolls. Um, but other than that, you know, we've got Anti Kovic not being able to get a game, which just baffles me at the moment. Yeah, got a player like that on the sidelines. Wanting to still be playing, and nobody coming forward and giving him a gig—that's just madness. When you've got other keepers like we do. Mm. Uh, the one keeper that I, and I mentioned it on last week's pod, Jack Duncan um, at Jets—he's kind of fit. He's, he's, he's filled up again. Berigitti's role. There was a couple of moments in this in, in this game that was uh, that was maybe kind of, uh, but you know, he's, he's young. He's 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 got a lot of time to a lot of a lot of um, yeah a lot of time to grow and kind of bed into that position. You know, twenty three years old, he, he might be the one of those. The difference between him physically this year and previous years, he's really filled out. I think you know he seems to have worked on his upper body strength quite a lot recently, uh, and you can see he's got a big, strong pair of shoulders on him now, whereas before he was a bit of a gangly youth, uh, and I think that's making a big difference to him. Mm. Uh, but you know. We've. It is the it is the weak point in a lot of the teams out there at the moment. Is that backline? First game at Spotless. Disappointing crowd. Thirteen thousand. I think it's a disappointing crowd and a disappointing stadium. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's going to hurt Wanderers by the end of this year. To be honest, it sucked the it's atmosphere out of it. The uh, I saw fans complaining about the member seats being a terrible position. 
needing binoculars to see the pitch and see the players, yeah. it's going to hurt Wondrous a lot. Purely from, I think, a footballing point of view, it's, I can't think of a worse stadium to try and generate atmosphere in and you know that's suited for a rectangular field sport like that. It's open air, there's you know gaps in the grandstand, yeah. you're so far away from the action. It's you know it's not conducive to a especially going from somewhere like Paramount Stadium where it's a lot you know it's a lot closer. Honestly, you know, mm. I, I think they would be better trying to hire a shark park or somewhere like that, <laughs> playing out a rugby league stadium, uh, than carry on with what they're doing because honestly. If that's the first home game and they still only get 13,000, it's not going to get better. No. It's not going to get better at all. Well, they've got another bite of the cherry this weekend. Um, we'll host Central Coast Mariners, who I'm sure will bring down a, a, a few thousand. Probably to uh, packed to, house. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it. Sell it. No, it's, it's not the... Um, the kind of jaw-dropping, exciting game that you that, that you kind of need to... To kickstart some uh, some atmosphere in a, in a stadium, that's for sure. But uh, you know, I think Central Coast Mariners are going to play their part as the uh, the form creators for for teams. <laughs> play play a team back into form. Yep. Um, so Friday night, Melbourne City versus Adelaide City. They, they, well, they kind of need to bounce back in the in the league. They need to shore up that defence, and uh, as we said before, you uh, they, they looked a lot more secure at the back against Victory this um, last night, but. Coming off the back of a um, of a midweek game, they are going to have some of their cup tied players back. So um, a few of their a few of their players get to uh, get to kind of freshen up the freshen the legs on the pitch. And Adelaide, as we said before, they're they're very lacking in their fresh legs at the moment. What do you think? I think it should be a good good game. Hopefully, I think. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what crowd they get because I think they've hit ten thousand odd members now in Melbourne City but I yep. think they only had about 8,000 against Perth so I think obviously the Adelaide's are probably a better draw and it should be you know, quite a good game I think Adelaide is still going to try and play the way they've played this season regardless of how many people are injured yep. and you know, there should be goals in it I think you know, Melbourne should should edge it but hopefully it's pretty high scoring hmm. Goal? Uh, score? 3-2 uh, City 3-2 City Um. And then Newcastle Jets will host Sydney FC. McDonald Jones Stadium. It's a terrible name for a stadium. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> on, um, on Saturday afternoon. Um, the Jets, so the two unbeaten teams. Is it going to end a draw, or do you think one of them will finish their unbeaten run? I, I think a draw is looking pretty good to me. Um, I don't know, a couple of goals probably, possibly in it too. Uh, nice two-two. I think it'll be a good test for Newcastle as well. You know, it's a. I think we will find out where Newcastle really are. Yeah. Uh, from this game, and also where Sydney are possibly are as well. Um, although to be fair, Sydney just looked very, very good. Mm. Very good. I, I was impressed by how Jones reshuffled the Jets uh, at the weekend to. Uh, uh, you know, they were two 0 down, and to come out with a draw, you know, that's. That's great play, great great tactics and uh, game plan kind of worked very well. So, um, yeah, tactical masterclass this this weekend. Um, Wanderers Central Coast. So, go on, Kev, give us a little, a little score prediction on that. What do you reckon? Wanderers and Central Coast. I think it'll be four nil. Four nil. Actually, no, four one. I think O'Donovan will get something. Probably set up by Ferreira. I don't, I look, I look down this and I just can just see goals in every game and that's so exciting like Brisbane glory, uh, glory on the on the Sunday afternoon it's it, I think, Brisbane had like quite a, quite a few shots as I said before was it 17 shots that they had um, you know if they if they put a few of them away Perth have just got goals in them yeah. like that, that, you, yeah. the, the, the worked free kick for that for the opening goal and it's training ground routine that yeah. as well I don't think that it's was, almost getting enough credit yeah. for as much as it deserves it's, it's an inch perfect Ball into the box, yeah. great awareness, great cut back. Just it's, you know, it's like the kind of goal you score in FIFA when you've spent an hour designing <laughs> the set piece. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, so, I mean, um, I think Perth are just going to run rampant this season, and a side that's frail and out of form as Rora, uh, I can see them getting cut to pieces by Glory. I reckon that could be like a four-two to, yeah. to Glory or something like that. I'd be surprised if they even give two away, to be honest. Hmm. 
It depends. I mean, if McLaren's going to find some form, they might well score. But other than that, I, I just think Glory are going to run rampant. And the final game is um, Monday night kickoff. Victory versus Phoenix. Why? Do we, I don't know. Is there a uh, is there a holiday? holiday or anything? It's a Halloween fixture. It's an, oh, it's a <laughs> Halloween fixture. <laughs> like before Melbourne Cup. Yes, it is. So it's a holiday. Of course it is. Yeah. Or it's a holiday the next day. Well, it's a holiday the following day. Yeah. Makes sense. Hmm. Um, Again, that looks like go frenzy, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Although it's going to be interesting because um, Marco Rojas up against Phoenix, Costa up against Victory, and Finkler, Finkler up, against yeah. Finkler, uh, up against Victory. Uh, a lot of old scores. Hmm. Broxham, trick or treat. Trip or treat, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'll go for a, I'll go for a three nil, three nil for that game. Um, so, goals, we, goals, 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 goals. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. So Sydney sit pretty at the top of the table. Um, th- nine points from three games, nine goals, um, non conceded. Perth in second on seven, and uh, City in third, just behind on six. Jets and Victory make up the top six with Wanderers and Brisbane on equal points on four, Adelaide and Central Coast just with the, the draw on the one point and Phoenix sitting bottom of the table after three games zero points, zero goals for against hmm so uh, it's an exciting, time, exciting weekend ahead FFA Cup done for a few weeks um, that'll do us boys, thanks for coming in thanks for hosting yeah, and we will um, we'll speak to you next week after the Melbourne Cup. We'll pro- oh, we're going to be a bit we're going to be hungover next week, aren't we? Next Wednesday. Uh, we'll see how we go. <laughs> All right, speak next week. <laughs>